hello and welcome to the first episode of Unscrewed. The podcast where we talk about living with alcoholics and anything that goes along with that. Yes, whether you date an alcoholic. Your alcoholic's a mother, father, child. Long lost uncle. (laughs) Best friend. Either or, you're all welcome. Or maybe you are an alcoholic, or maybe you just really like a drink, or maybe... You've just got nowhere else to be this evening. <laughs> Maybe you were searching just for screwing on the <laughs> internet and came up with unscrewed. Sorry about that. Maybe you were searching for therapy. How can I unscrew that woman from next door? <laughs> that mistake I made five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing personal coming out in me in that comment. <laughs> So yeah, welcome. Thanks for joining. We hope you like it. We're going to chat for about an hour. <laughs> Probably be longer. You won't hear a lot of the guff. Yeah, I'll be edited out. It's fine. It'll be fine. Okay, so me and Lisa. Yes, I'm Ellie. Yes. <laughs> they say who you are. I'm not Lisa. I'm Ellie. <laughs> I'm Ellie. This is Lisa. Hi. Um, We are Siamese twins. No, we're not. We are... Lovers, no? That would be very fucking weird. <laughs> we are sisters in, in a sort of law, non-law yeah. um, capacity. And we decided to... Well, should we, should we say about how we came up with the idea originally? Where we were in Greece? Drunk. Drunk, ironically, of course. Um, yeah, it was l- two years... No, last year. We were in... Was it last year? Let's set the scene. It was about half past two slash three in the morning. We'd consumed the better part of six bottles of wine. Played point, poker. Played poker. Had an argument with... Didn't you win poker, yes, by the way? Which is why I think your dad got annoyed. Yeah, my dad me. got really annoyed. Um, my boyfriend and your brother at yep. this point had got annoyed and left. Uh, your son was asleep in the room. Your as he should be, as he should be at that time in the morning. Your husband was also dozing somewhere, chilling. Yep. And we'd yeah, it was about two, three in the morning, and it was pretty cold out. Well, initially it was me, you, and my dad having a conversation yeah. about alcoholics. These how it how <laughs> so it how bored. it how it happened. Yeah. No, I think it's because yeah, it's no, not- it was it was me, you, and my dad. Yeah. And then. I think we got a bit too deep and then my dad was like, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't partake in this conversation anymore. It's too emotional. Emotions. So he ran away. I'm fucking out. I'm fucking where? So he went, yeah. Yeah. And then it was me. And, <clears throat> and then, uh, which which often happens with us actually, we end up staying up till the wee hours talking about things. Yeah, but that's mainly because you, you have a way of, um, <laughs> she's got a way. You have a way of, um, <laughs> I want to say probing, but that sounds wrong. <laughs> Thank you. Probing people. <laughs> no, like, um, annoying. Only consensual probing. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, annoyingly getting at a person and asking them questions and getting them to reveal their innermost, darkest thoughts. Thank and you. then um, regretting it deeply afterwards. Oh, well, that sounds good. Thank no, you. No, I'm joking. That paints me in a great light. Um, well, you have a way of making people ask you questions. <laughs> no, <laughs> your innermost darkest thoughts. You're like a therapist. Thank you. It's the dream. Mm. 
Um, so anyway, I was practicing my illegal therapy techniques on Lisa. Um, and we, um, cause Lisa's mum is an alcoholic. Oh, is she? No. <laughs> she um, is. She is. Yeah. So she's been an alcoholic for a while. And, uh, we were just talking about the usual conversations of how it's fucking fun. Up. Fun. It's fun. It's, it's a great educational. time. It's life exciting. It's all of those things. Um, yeah. And that's, that's sort of your experience is your, your mum is an alcoholic, been an alcoholic for most of your, all of your adult life, big chunk of your childhood. And, um, all the half of my life. Yeah. Yeah. How old are you? <laughs> um, really? Yeah. So, we were just talking about that and we're both frustrated and my experience of it is I don't have an alcoholic parent and but I've got a lot of people in my life who's very close people to me whose family members uh, are alcoholics or um, have been part of an alcoholic's life and that's sort of been my experience. So we both talked about how shit all the options were for us to get help really. Yeah. Or there was nothing out there about people who like live day in, day out with alcoholics, or if you've got someone who's living day out and day in, that's the word, <laughs> with an alcoholic, <laughs> like what you can do to like help them, be there for them. Like, yeah, any sort of help is, is based around the addict themselves, not. Yes, exactly. Like Alcoholics else. Anonymous, which is a massive religious crazy cult, which we'll come back to. Um, it's bullshit. Bullshit. Um, not necessarily for everyone. I mean, it works no, not for everyone. Stuff, yeah. If it's worked for you, great. Keep great. going. Um, keep going. Um, and we just we just started thinking like, I wish there was. Oh, because oh no, that's it. Because that's the night you told me about your blog. Yes, your it, secret, yeah, secret anonymous blog. Yeah, basically just not a blog for anyone else to read. It was just mainly for me to rant about being annoyed about my mum being a fucking pisshead. <laughs> That's about it. That's all it was. Mm. And like, I was like, that's brilliant. There should be something like that. I wish there was more stuff like that. Um, where people who like have to just live with it, have somewhere that they can be like listened to. Cause we've had this big thing, haven't we? About, oh, <coughs> sorry. Um, we can't edit that out. Yeah. Stop drinking. Is that? I'm not for <laughs> choking. <laughs> I'm not going. Yeah, yeah, you are. Um, what was it? What was I saying? Um, about something. We were talking about the blog and the blog. Yeah, and how we wish there was something out there for that. Anyway, and so that's why we decided maybe we would try and make a book that was like a collection of stories. Yeah, I think my my whole reason for wanting to do it is because obviously my mum's been my mum's been an alcoholic for a, a large chunk of my life and I've spent years mainly when I was a lot younger trying to find other people that were going through a similar situation mm. um like I was um and there was just there was nothing there like I say everything is aimed at an addict and not necessarily their family carers friends whatever um and yeah, I just wanted to be able to put something out there for people like me. Yeah. And, well, what that is, what that thing is. Yeah. <laughs> we should probably get to that. 
um, was we just wanted to do something where we talked about what the fuck it's like to have an alcoholic in your life, whether you're a child or the alcoholic is your partner or your mum or your dad or your sister or your best mate or maybe your child, whatever it is, that there's like just some way you can chat about it or read about it and not feel so alone. 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 Yeah, it's a big thing. Like, that's a really big thing. And, well, that's what I was going to say before. What? Was, like, a way to give it a... Um, because so, pe- so many people don't talk about it. They don't know how to talk about it with their friends or with their family. Or even if their family know that someone's an alcoholic, they don't... People don't want to talk about it. Well, I guess it's part of, like, a a, a shame thing, isn't it? Or in being embarrassed. Hmm. People are going to judge you. Mm-hmm. That that side of it, mm. it's not something you don't walk. Like go to the first day of your new job and be like, "Hi, my name's Lisa. My mum's an alcoholic. <laughs> nice to meet you. Why would you do that?" They'd be like, "Why would not you do that? <laughs> You're a top fucking weirdo, Lisa." That's how you get friends, Brilliant. Lisa. Do you know what I mean? That's the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's but not- wouldn't it be amazing though if like you were a kid and you could say that that freely? You know, if you were like 10 years old and you could be like, that, because it's so yeah, much worse if you're a kid and you can't like say anything about it. If you could just say like, help, I've got a problem. My dad's an alcoholic. You know, if you could like, because yeah, that's where I it don't starts, even, isn't I don't, it? Yeah, but I mean, I didn't, my mum started drinking when I was 11. I don't think I knew what an alcoholic was mm. to even be able to put those words together to say to somebody <clears> like, Mm. it's not until I don't know I guess I just thought she was a bit unstable <laughs> yeah I don't know but did you know she was unstable or did you think everyone else's like life was like that no I knew that not, that no not everybody else is like that no mm. because my mum wasn't like that before Before that my mum was like a normal mm. mm-hmm. um yeah and then all of a sudden she just changed so that so she 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 then wasn't she wasn't my mum anymore she wasn't the mum I'd had those years previous she was a completely different person was that like was that quick that change I never asked you that before uh yeah I would uh, yeah I think it was pretty quick yeah was it like one moment you came home from school or something because like in my in my memories because obviously I mean she's she started drinking when I was around the age of eleven or twelve. But no, eleven because we were still in our old in our old house and we moved when I was twelve. So it would be about eleven. Um, and my my memories are I remember my life before, and it being a a happy childhood and my mum was normal and everything was great. And then the next memories that I have after that, uh my mum being sat on the sofa and a crate of skull lager mm. being at the side of the sofa. Mm. That's the next shift that I have. What, so they're like two different... It's like two different things. Timelines. Yeah, yeah, yeah completely, like, completely separate. Yeah. Yeah. And then was everything in that memory painted then with a skull logo over it? Skull. Skull lager, yeah. Oh, God, skull lager as well. Yeah. Not even like a, a six-pack. Mm. Crate, <laughs> a crate at the side, and of that would have been that would have been what nineties. Uh, don't make me do maths. <laughs> One really? and two is really? four. Yeah, nineties, yeah, nineties. 
Yeah, ni- 96. So that's like, what's happening in 96? Spice Girls. Yep. Spice Girls. They're they're pretty big. Spice Girls, All Saints. Yeah. Uh, Unsure uh, if Take That have split up at this point or not. Yes, they have. I feel like they just have. Robbie's uh, left the band. Um, What else was happening at that point in the night? It was that band that was like um, TLC. They were around then. TLC? TLC. Um, I was trying to think of that. The Honeys. That was another one. Don't know who they are. Do you remember the honeys? No. Isn't that the one with the Louise? Oh no, that's what... No, that's Eternal. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. So that was, yeah, and then the Skull Lager dumped in the middle of that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and a crate. Do you mean like a crate? Like I'm imagining like what you get from a pub. No. Like a, like a plastic no, no, crate. No, no, You just got... Like your mum's just got like, oh, Foxy, you look like someone unloading. <laughs> no. Like, like, like 24, like 24 cans in like, like a... a Christmas In style. like, um, but they weren't, they're not like a box. It's like, um, like cardboard base mm. with like cellophane yeah. sort of plastic classy. top. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping it classy. Well, I mean, how can mm. you get any classier than a skull? But you said your mum wasn't like a drinker. Really she wasn't before that. Nope, just like total. Not at all. Like um, to the point <laughs> where if they went to, you know, if we had family weddings or she went to the pub or whatever, it would be like two hours of lager, maybe even two hours of lager and lime, and then that's the lot mm. done. Nothing. But your dad's always been like enjoyed a drink. Yeah, like most people in my in my family, mm. but can separate that from. Mm everyday life mm. yeah so yeah so your mum's an alcoholic right that's what you no <laughs> no not at all and is she still an alcoholic now Lisa you're always an alcoholic you're either an alcoholic or you're a, reco- right, or you're a recovering oh, alcoholic do your research sorry thank you um she's currently sober yes so she's in recovery and how long has she been sober? Um, about um, about a hundred and twenty something days. It will be now. Fuck, that's long. That's the if longest. I, it, yeah, the, the longest before that that she's done has been forty one days. So this is the the longest period that she's had. Wow. In twenty one years. Well done, Lisa's mum. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Can you top me up then? <laughs> Um, yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. But yeah, this she... is this is like not her first rehab attempt either. It's like no, this is like number I don't know seven. Oh yeah, we should just say as well, by the way, that me and Lisa are definitely not alcoholics. No, but we're definitely not sober. No, but for ever. S- yeah, no, no, we're joking. <laughs> For Lisa, you've got a child. You can't. You can't be sober. I mean, drunk all the time. <laughs> I can't be sober ever because um, I've got a child. Yeah, we definitely, obviously. we definitely enjoy a drink, and like we, um, a big thing. Like we just, it's such a thing, isn't it? Because like about people who've got like I have a friend whose mum passed away from drinking, and he doesn't really drink anymore. He's not into it. He doesn't mm. see the point, like because he's got kids now, and he doesn't want to go down that path and I can see like it's a valid thing isn't it because you're yeah. scared that you're gonna 
good on the, and it's like I think it's like statistically more likely yeah isn't it like if, yeah. you, if your parents have got depression you're more likely to suffer depression because yeah. of like the way you've been brought up or whatever so mm. if you're more um, if your parents were an alcoholic you're more likely I suppose to lean towards that if you have a bit of a downward spiral mm. I guess so he doesn't drink so it, and like you've had it before haven't you when people have been like you've told people your mum's an alcoholic and they're like oh you, you drink oh yeah absolutely <laughs> That's my that's my response. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, no, um, yeah. People have asked, said that to me before now. Oh, your mum's an alcoholic, but you drink. I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm not my mum. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're not. <laughs> no. God, I'm, I'm, not. I'm not my mum. Oh no, I'm joking, mum. My mum's amazing. Um, pff, scrap that bit. Let's cut that out. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're just gonna chat about our weekly joys of being with an alcoholic stories um people other people's stories what else are we going to talk about statistical stuff yeah because that's always fun well some of it is is it yeah i found some really interesting stuff um like mm. just but that was one of the reasons as well though why we wanted to do like some sort of a, a book as well yes we didn't want it to be another book by another doctor, doctor psychiatrist, psychiatrist therapist, therapist, and it's just filled with stats, and there's no, you, you don't, you can't relate to that person. Yeah, I mean, we're so relatable, so relatable, obviously. Um, Two white. No, women but you in want, you want, you so relatable. No, because <laughs> I wanted to read, I wanted to read a book or speak to somebody who was like me. Yeah, and not feel like I was being talked at. Mm. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, and I, I totally think, like, that's where it's a bit different for, for me, isn't it? I feel a yeah, bit yeah. like my experience is slightly one step removed, because for me it was the perspective of, like, having all these people in my life who were affected mm-hmm. by, like, alcoholics. So best friends, boyfriends, friends, then, like, people in my family, and just yeah. wanting to have some sort of, like, connection to them or be able to help them or understand a little bit yeah. what it was like. Because, yeah, it's just, you know, the more knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. <laughs> like just holding it in my hand. Balls. Yeah. Like, All right. No, but that's literally what you were doing. <laughs> big ball sack. Yeah. Um, and big knowledge. Yeah. Knowledge is power. So we just wanted to do something that was, yeah, talking about it and making it okay to talk about the fact that fucking shitloads of people. God, I swear a lot. This is when you're going to realise how much I swear. Um, yeah. Fucking shitloads of people have to care for an alcoholic or have to live day in day out with an alcoholic and yeah. they never get spoken about it's like whenever I've tried to do research about it or look into it it's like a complete afterthought it's yeah. always about the addict and that's fine that's great like go supporting addicts support them to get better and but like even just the story of what it's like to be an addict there's not all of that but there's no story of like how many people that affects and I did read a statistic here's a statistic oh, okay no it said that the average alcoholic mm. I can't remember which, NHS or uh, the average alcoholic affects five people really? yeah oh, that is interesting so if there's like you know a million alcoholics in this country that's five million people who good math thank you I had to really <laughs> generalize that um, those statistics not a pill by the way just no idea where they came from it's just disclaimer there um, but yeah it's true so I'm just there's all of those people out there who it must be happening to and yet there's like so little about it 
solo so yeah so here it is this is your what you've been looking for your prayers have been answered or not or not let's not talk about prayer yeah we're not going to give you an answer like just put that right out there yeah that was one thing we were really like determined is um because there's no fucking answer that's what we decided on the balcony in Greece. Yeah, there's, there is no answer. We can go around and round and round and round and round. And we will go round and round and round. Because yeah. as long as the alcoholic's in your life, or the problem is in your life, th- there is no answer. No. And even if the alcoholic gets better, but you've been a child who's been brought up with it, you are still going to be living with the life that you've lived with all your life. Yeah, so completely. No, like, that's, one of the, that's one of the things, like... <coughs> My mum, obviously, my mum's done and said a lot of the thing, a lot of things over the years, Um, and she probably doesn't remember about ninety percent of those things. Mm. But I do (laughs) because I was the sober one, Mm -hmm. so I live every day Mm. knowing Mm -hmm. certain things that she said, certain things that she's done that she's like not got a clue about. Mm. Yeah, I've been witness to some of those uh, wonderful things. <laughs> wonderful. My mum did call me a slut once when I was uh, about 12. That's nice. And she was referring to my messy bedroom. What? Because apparently slut is a <laughs> is also a posh, or well, the origination of the thing is messy, untidy. So I think it's in, in the sexual yeah. context when you say slut, it's supposed to be like a sloppy... Shag. <laughs> I think. It's supposed to mean sloppy, apparently, because she called me a slut and I knew it was a bad word and I was like, <gasps> Obviously, my mum was like, you're a slut. <gasps> Your room's really untidy. What did you think I meant? <laughs> you reminded me of when I was younger and someone said, someone said, um, called me a sod. And I knew what, what the word sod stood for at that point. And I was like, what you, you just called me a lump of grass. Because that's what he means. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. You so did not grow up in Gorton. This is our podcast bringing you all the facts of what <laughs> slang words really mean. <laughs> a sod. A sod. A lump of grass, Lisa. A Have you ever been grass. so insulted in your life? I really hope that that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say it stood for son of a... Oh, it's an S-O-B. Well, I know. I know. <laughs> that's for my initial thought. I was like, Lisa's got that totally wrong. No. Sod. <laughs> Have you never never heard someone say No, Lisa, sod? Lisa, I didn't grow up in a really rich household, clearly. Fuck you. <laughs> where we moved the where the gardener moved the lumps of grass and created sods out of them. <laughs> no. Well we used to like I think that's where some of my problems with the overeating started, because we used to be one of those families. Did you ever you probably were like this as well? If you ever got a treat in the house hmm. like yogurts that weren't tested. Like, I used to eat lard out of the fridge. I know you did. So <laughs> And and I know that you just brought it up just so that that would that we could have a conversation about me yes. and lad. Yes. Yeah. But no, like if you ever had a brand in the fridge of like a yogurt, I always remember the yogurts that weren't Tesco Value Blue Stripe. Do you remember them? No. The white. You don't remember that? That's we, the nineties. No. Tesco we, Value we, white packaging with we blue stripes. We didn't have Tesco. Ellen. We had Quick Save or Pioneer. Right. Not not Tesco. We didn't have any other shop where we lived. Right. So they opened a Tesco. But in, Tesco was is quite right. posh. Not in Tesco. Comparison. Not Tesco Value. It was like 19p for a full pack of yogurts. Mm. So the brand for Tesco Value was like white with blue stripes. That used to be like what the thing was. So we used to 
That was the shit food. That was like your basic day-to-day yeah. shit food. So if you ever got like a brand, if you've got like a Cadbury's yogurt in the fridge or something, it'd be like, fuck, get in the fridge! Everyone like, storm in and eat it because it was so like rare to have. But didn't you just used to eat all the food like on shopping day anyway when your parents used to go on with the, the, the shopping bags because you're like, oh my God, there's all this food. We need to go in and we're like, oh, I'm going to have some crisps. Oh, oh I'm going to have some biscuits. Oh, yeah, but you're sa- you see, you're saying things like crisps and biscuits. Yeah, have crisps and biscuits. No. Oh, well. No. This Nick. is what I mean. Well, but poverty, like, can you say that? Can you say... But at the same time, mm. yeah, we had crisps and biscuits and certain things that you didn't have. Mm. But we also only got specific types of crisps and biscuits or cereals because my dad would only allow us to have specific types right. so f- now as an adult i hate kelms cornflakes can't stand them won't won't eat them i hate wagon wheels <laughs> well, there, there are so many you. different things i hate because they were the only types of those things mm. we we had in our houses as, as kids mm. we've gone way way off uh, <laughs> off theme well i was just thinking as well because like i know we were really poor so my dad doesn't drink that much he used to yeah. like it like a look at our beer my mum drinks more but I remember I used to I used to love making a gin and tonic for my mum whenever her friends came around. She'd be like, make the gin and tonics when I was like seven or eight. Oh, yeah. I used to love doing that. Gin and tonic? Yeah. My mum used to make no. gin and tonics. And uh, that's, yeah. And then I think, I think I had my, I think I started drinking when I was 13. We never had any spirits in our, oh, did you know in our house. No. Well, I think we only had them when they had people round. Like it was like well, my parents that's... don't. Either of them don't drink spirits, so okay, never really. Well, uh, yeah, I think it was like the pretense, you know, when you have people round because you know when someone's coming round because you come home from school and the whole house is like clean. Unless it was like Christmas <laughs> or something, but yeah. But um, no, I think I started drinking when I was thirteen, something like that. I don't remember what my first drink was, but that's you, but. <laughs> Saying I started drinking when I was 13 mm. <laughs> sounds like you started... On a regular basis? Yeah, like, yeah. no, but, like, I started drinking alcohol. No, but it sounds <laughs> like uh, an alcoholic. Oh. I first started drinking when I was 13. Well, maybe that was when maybe I started. The fir- maybe, say, the first time I had alcohol, I was oh. 13. The first time I tried it, I was 13. Oh, no, I definitely was younger than that the first time I tried it. But the first time I started drinking on a regular basis. How regular is regular at 13? Like, once a week? Oh, okay. Well, you could only get your hands on it so often, couldn't you? And then it went up to like two, three times a week from the age of 16 plus. I don't know. We, when I was in high school, we used to save our dinner money. just just not eat dinner. Yeah. yeah. To save our money for Friday night mm-hmm. on the park, mm-hmm. drinking Lambrini. Yeah. Or if oh, Lambrini. Or if we were really rich, if we'd saved all week and clubbed together, it'd be a quarter bottle of vodka. <laughs> or 2020. Yes, now you've told me about 2020. Kiwi, kiwi and kiwi and lime 2020? Right. Or the watermelon was that one? like a Bacardi oh breezer? Well, no. no, 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 no. It was like... Um, like a reef. <laughs> no, no, it's, it wasn't an alcopop. Oh. It's like... Cider? No. It... Beer? I'm going to have to introduce Gab to this because I need to chat with Gab. Gab, would you say it was like a, a liquor of some form? Because you get it in like a quarter bottle like you would with a vodka like a or something. So it's... We never mixed it with anything. We used to drink it straight. Kind of like peach snaps. Yeah, yeah, a bit, a bit like a snaps. Yeah. So, so you, you could mix it with something, but we just used to neck it out of the bottle. 
That was really nice. Mm. MD 2020, that's what it was. It just comes to me now. MD like 2020. A drug, doesn't it? Mm. Or a nightclub in Manchester. What was what was your drink of choice then when you were young? Oh, um, pretty pretty early on it was uh, it was vodka. Oh yeah, yeah. It was um, because that was only if we were like super rich that we'd get vodka. Yeah, well, I think um, my mate who I used to drink with, who I still drink with, uh, she at the time she had uh, parents who ran a restaurant downstairs. Mm. So I used to go around to her house a lot and they'd often not be there. So a lot yeah. of the time we'd... And they used to drink quite a lot. Yeah. So And they were one of those uh, proper 90s, again, who had like a drinks cabinet, <laughs> you know, in a living room with like too much wallpaper pattern and too much floor paper pattern. Yeah. <laughs> not paper cart. My grand still got a drinks cabinet. <laughs> yes, exactly. But this was like one of those that sort of was concealed and then it like popped open. Had oh, like, right. So it was kind of a, you know, and there was all that sort of musty bottle of Kahlua knocking about in there and uh, Tia Maria and um, half open bottles of gin and so we uh, we did a very uh, quite an alcoholic trick actually we used to uh, empty the old half a bottle of vodka and then uh, top it up with the tap water tap water (laughs) yeah which is uh, a trick I've heard many alcoholics use when they're trying to convince people they're not drinking in the house is they uh, yeah it's like if you use whiskey fill it up with uh, cold tea (laughs) Oh, that's that's going to taste very different, isn't mm-hmm. it? I feel like that could be like a pretentious drink nowadays, though. Cold tea. It'd be like, but cold tea infused with whiskey. <laughs> yeah, probably. In Charlton, you probably <laughs> buy a Charlton, that is probably a flag. Eight pounds, eight pounds for yeah. a dram. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's when I started drinking was vodka. Um, and we used to, like a really big early noughties drink was Sex on the Beach. Archer's... Vodka, orange juice, cranberry juice. See, I've only ever had it when it's when I've bought it as Sex on the right. Beach. I've never, I didn't even know what no. it consisted of. Well, he uh, her, never made one up. Her dad was quite a uh, liberal in that way. He used to he used to be like, if "You're gonna drink, at least do it, you it in, the in the house. I know where you are." And then he'd buy us, um, yeah. Or if I'd like, because I had a job from the age of fourteen, I think so like lots of different jobs so I think if you made like 20 quid in the week or something if you did a couple of hours you'd or like even if it was five quid back then between the two or three of you that'd mm-hmm. be enough to get a litre of vodka basically yeah so you'd end up with a litre of vodka and we used to drink that litre of vodka what was the what was the the worst the worst drink you had when you were younger like worst. were you mates as in the worst tasting? As in, it could be, it could be the worst tasting, made you really ill. Um, ooh, um, aftershock. Do you remember aftershock? Yeah, but that was that was not that aftershock. I don't think aftershock was around when I was like well, it was 13, around, 14. It was. Like, it was around when I was about sixteen. So what you're like? Yeah. So that I would have been, I would have been out at a club and had it. Do no, you know we, what I mean? we bought a bottle of blue aftershock. And I drank over half the bottle. This is like 40%. Well, that's always going to be a bad time. Before going out. Because that's drinking yeah. something you should have as a and shot. And that was like, I think even my shit was blue that day. Ew. Like, it was so Ew. bad. Like, I, that was, I remember throwing But also, like, you never got hangovers back then, so you never learnt your lesson. You threw up and as long... And like, where I lived, it was a complete rural community where everyone was like, fucking... It was tiny and safe and like, I mean, if that would have been a city, I would have sure been raped or murdered. 
A hundred percent by the amount of awful things I do. I don't know because <laughs> I mean, I mean, this is where coming back to like, um, t- well, we'll get into this to, to the next bit. But talking about like the bad, bad, a bad drink that you've had or whatever. We, there oh was yeah. One week when me and my, my friends we were so skin, but we were all it was Friday night. We were all going out to the park. That was mm. what we did every Friday night. We always have a drink, laugh, whatever. Um, so. I went to high school in Abbey Hay, but at this point I had moved to Denton, but I didn't switch schools because I wanted to stay at the same school where all my friends were. So I used to go back down to Abbey Hay on a Friday evening to go out with my friends. So this one night we were super skint, so we went to the corner shop where they knew how old we were because we used to go in on our way to school in our uniforms, but they still served us because they knew it was like quick money, whatever. And we had, me and my friend had like four pounds. That was it. That's big money. So we bought, it, not really, we bought four cans of Kestrel Super, which is like rocket fuel. It was... Is that like that 12%? Uh, it's like super strength lager. Like, it's just disgusting. It is so awful. But we'd never had it before. We were like, that'll do. We knew it was strong. We were like, we've got four quid. We've got, we've got four of them. We've got two each. We'll be bladded. It'll be great. No. We had one can each throwing up everywhere we had to we, we mm. had to leave early and go home mm. it, it was an absolute shit show mm. the next day I, I so hungover so hungover so you saying you didn't get hangovers back mm. then with kestrel super <laughs> oh my god you would that's like 14 percent petrol though isn't it oh, pretty, pretty much isn't oh, that was, that it was absolutely on horrific it was what's that, that mitchell and webb show when he's like oh morning jeff i'll just have and he's like going on David Webb's going around with this little shopping bag and he's got like some bread and like some apples and a paper and he goes to the till and he's like, oh, it's rather hot outside. I think I'll have a drink. Do you not remember that one? No. He goes and he's like, oh, look at this one. Premium lager and 12% per vote. This is the best value of volume of alcohol to pound there is. No, he's I like, don't remember that like, yes, John. Would you like four of them? He's like, oh, well, if I have those, I can't afford the rest of it. Okay, I'll just have them. And he like orders, isn't that? No, I don't remember that. that but what, what I thought you were going with with that was when you said you got Mitchell and Webb look. I thought you were going to mention Sir Digby Chicken Caesar because he's the sort of bloke. He mm. would be drinking four cans of Kestrel fucking soup. Yeah. <laughs> Someone who looks like Sir Digby Chicken Caesar. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that was a bad time. But like at, at that point, I was like 14, 15, living in, in, in Denton. So it was like a, you know, 20 minute bus it's ride. It's a suburb in Manchester, home. by the way. Yeah, sorry. 20 minute bus ride home mm-hmm. um, from being out on a Friday night. And um, because my mum was an alcoholic, I had no curfew. I could go home. I, cu- I could turn up three days later and she wouldn't even know. Mm-hmm. So like you saying, you grew up in like a really secure, safe town and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Um, I didn't. But my mum was not aware of... I thought it was great because I'm like, four, I'm 14, 15. I'm like, yeah, I can go out. I can stay out till whatever time I want. It's mm. fabulous. But now, looking back on that, it's so fucking dangerous. So dangerous. Mm. Scary. Well, we've got two books here, which um, we started... Re- I was going to say these because they're... Um, I think they're like polar opposites for us. Um, when we started reading about stuff and trying to look for like books and stuff, that was useful. Um, and that just made me think of this one. So there's two. Should we start with a good one or the bad one? I mean, should we start with the doctor one or the doctor one? 
There's two. Okay, so we'll start with this one. Um, this one is called Bottled Up, which I love the title. It's a great title for a book. And it's called How to Survive Living with a Problem Drinker. So all good so far. You think good title. You think, yeah. Good, promising, says what it is on the tin um, by Dr. M- What's that? Dr. John McMahon. Dr. John McMahon and Lou Lewis. All right. McMahon. <laughs> well, How are you saying McMahon? McMahon? Yeah. McMahon, but it's got no in it. McMahon. It's not like our friend McMahon. It's McMahon. McMahon. That's McMahon. So Dr. John, M-C-M-A-H-O-N. And Lou, L-O-U, Lewis. So it's Lou is short for Louise, I think. So um, on the blurb it says, alcohol dependence in inverted commas alcohol dependence affects nearly 6% of the UK population <gasps> that's 1.8 million people I wasn't that far off when I said a million before Go <laughs> oh, you. this book is old as well less extreme forms of alcohol abuse are even more widespread and for each alcohol abuser there is usually a family who suffers too now with bottled up these families can equip themselves to survive the difficulty of caring for a loved one Covering such useful topics as Does my drinker have a problem? Why business as usual won't work. Barriers to change and breakthroughs. Surviving the emotional roller coaster. How to get support. Reconciliation and recovery. So this book will help support you and your... You... This... Uh, slightly dyslexic. This book will help you support you... Oh my God, it does say that. This book will help you support you yourself and your loved ones. It does say that. Oh, Dr. McMahon, you need a doctorate in writing. This book will help you support you yourself and your loved ones through the difficulties of alcohol abuse and recovery and enable you to keep your sanity along the way. So it's written by a husband and wife team of an alcohol abuse expert and recovered alcoholic, who's Dr. John, and former carer for an alcoholic, Lou. So... We uh, did have a read of this and we had a look at their website, didn't we? Yeah, we looked at their website as well. What do we think of it, Lisa? Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. Bullshit. So this is one of the first things we found. Um, the, that- these are the people who, the types of people who are gonna, who say to you, we have that answer. Mm. Pay us loads of money and we have the answer for all of your problems. Mm-hmm. So this one was, I think it was £15 a month Yeah, for their services, which is sort of a watered-down, non-personalised version of counselling, where you basically... It's sort of a bit like Scientology, and the more you pay, the longer you stick in it, <laughs> yeah. the closer you'll get to the answer, um, because they can solve. Yeah, because they have the answer. They're just going to hold it back your problem. for so many months and years so that they can keep getting your money mm-hmm. and eventually they'll reveal the answer to you or not. Um, so it's it's about like coaching you to speak more, like to, what do they say? Promote productive dialogue with the drinker, which puts responsibility on you as the non-drinker yeah. to promote a productive dialogue with someone who can't even like, like blow their nose or shave their legs. Um, it attempts you to preserve relationships so if you can just keep going, you can preserve your relationship, no matter how bad the alcoholic is. Um, it coaches you on how to change your living conditions because what you're doing <laughs> is wrong. And it's only £15 a month, guys. This is this is not... This is, you know, this is expensive thing. 
Um, so this is an example of a book that we would recommend you definitely do not Don't purchase. waste your money. Or you can. Um, <laughs> I mean, you can. I think I got it for like £5 off, off Amazon. Um, I think the main... The, I think This is what this is a good chapter. Oh, what? It's not personal. It's all too easy to personalise the drinker's behaviour. Many ask the question, how can he drink like that if he loves me? When viewed in those terms, unfortunately, it is a recipe for a crushing blow to self-esteem. The drinker does not see it in those terms and would be shocked by the question. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> really? You think? So it's, honestly, it's a load of bollocks, so we don't recommend this one. I think the main thing we've got an issue with, though, is that they they they, they promise you an answer. They promise you an answer. And Like, one of the points is... Anyone who goes through this sort of stuff knows that the, there isn't an answer. No. There's not an answer. No. And it starts off well, how to survive living. Yeah. You think, oh, I think that's Dr. McMahon emailing us with a complaint. <laughs> Maybe. It probably is a complaint. <laughs> shut, Excuse sh- me. shut down the podcast. I will sue you. Excuse me. If you would just pay me the £15 a month, I would show you how different it is. I have the answer. I do. Yeah. It's a re- reconciliation and recovery. Like, this is one of the things we keep coming back to is about it doesn't matter what you do. No. You will not change the drinker it doesn't matter if you it doesn't matter it's very limited in what you can do right we think that's our experience of it anyway like I've got one friend who was paying I mean you as well the same thing you can be paying your parents mortgage you can be caring for them in their bedside they could have suffered kidney failure and gone to hospital and come out and still be drinking yeah you You can't you can't fix somebody you can't you can't you You can can you can try and you probably will try Time and time and time again. But, yeah, you're not solely responsible no. for it. No. And, um, and, there's, <clears throat> and you know, there's something quite... Um, like, this, it's really tempting and really promising. Like, this idea mm. that if you just do this, if you just do this, like, if I just follow, if I put the power in someone else and someone else leads me the way, like, it will only ever result in disappointment. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it, but it's, it's, it's so tempting and yeah. it will do all of those things it's kind of a hundred times over yeah like like religion like that sort of thing of it if i put my faith in something else something will come of it someone will lead me the way someone will give me the answer when it's so much less powerful than believing in that that shit for yourself like i will find the answer for myself i will like learn from my experience i will make the mistakes i will do the same but i will learn to make what i can live with and what i cannot yeah like there is no answer so we don't like but if you want to read it for just so you know you can prove us wrong or or come to the exact same conclusion, or come to the same conclusion, that, that, yeah, that like we have. Educate yourself. It's a good. It's and like I said, it was like a couple of quid off Amazon second hand. I mean, this is a lie. Someone's got bored of this in the library. This has even got a library sticker. <laughs> <laughs> this has come from. Yeah, has, well, they've ripped the library has. tag out. Yeah, yeah, but it's still got the um, the has, thing. Yeah, so this has come from. So even the library was like, oh shit, and threw it out. So, um, goodbye, Dr. McMahon and Lou Lewis. I know your intentions are good, but you also, like, want to make money out. No. Seebs. Seebs. So, this is, um, the second book. I'm, I'm going to need a top-up. Well, um, and who's this one by? <laughs> oh, yes. Mm. Who's it by, Lise? Um, is she, hang on, I need to just she's a doctor. check this. I know, but I just want to check if she's a doctor or a professor. She's a doctor. Mm. Dr. Janet. Now, her surname is either Whitetits 
Oh, whoa tits. Whoa tits. We don't really know which one's better. Or what tits. <laughs> <laughs> which is another. So it's Dr. Janet and her surname is spelled W-O-I-T-I-T-Z. I prefer Wotits. Wotits. Yeah. So Wotits has written a number one New York bestseller. N- number... She has died now, so maybe we shouldn't speak ill of her. Oh, she's brilliant. Take the piss Look out of her Look at that 80s name. headshot. No. She's fucking brilliant. She's sat there with... Uh, Clip-on earrings. Clip-on earrings. Hoop earrings. Beautiful, like, big... What is that called when it's cut like that? Like a bowl. Like a sort of Sally Sally Bowles from Cabaret. Sort of Liza Minnelli. Yeah, it's very Liza Minnelli. Um, with that with that sort of grey background, which all the... Like when you had photos in school, that's kind of that grey, <laughs> cut-out, washed background. Janet Jerginger Watsy Tits was a human. <laughs> <laughs> she is far more educated than us, so it's yep. fine. Um, we like her a lot. She was a human a human relations counsellor and president for the Institute of Counselling and Training in New Jersey. She's a nationally recognised speaker and trainer. Uh, she's authored many recovery recovery books, struggle for intimacy, marriage on the rocks. Adult Children of Alcoholics. So this one is called Adult Children of Alcoholics. Well done. Thank you. And um, and the it's on the back. What's it say? Are you an adult child of an alcoholic? Right. The likelihood is if you are an adult child of an alcoholic or yes. an ACOA as we, because I am one, uh, like to call ourselves, you you will have heard um, of this doctor um and you'll know the um the characteristics of um an ACOA adult child of an alcoholic basically yeah. if if you're if you are an adult child of an alcoholic ACOA um you'll know these 12 or 13 characteristics um of an ACOA anyway um and this those characteristics are probably something that we will touch base on on other podcasts. I mm. think there's too many to go through. Well, should we pick one for right tonight? Now. Yeah, pick one for tonight. If you want. All right, so they're all titled Adult Children of Alcoholics, dot, 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 and then whichever. So pick a number between 1 and 13, ladies. God. Three. Well, adult children of alcoholics lie when it would be just as easy to tell the truth. Yeah. It's a lie. <laughs> yeah no um well a really easy answer to that is yeah because there's been i can't i couldn't even count how many times i've lied to so many people about my mum so in reference in, to, to, to cover up the fact that she's drinking right yeah yeah so easily Can you think of one? what do you mean like an example <sighs> Well, I think I, if someone says to me, how's your mum doing? Is, is is she okay? And the simple answer is, yeah, she's doing great. She's absolutely fine. To shut the conversation down because you don't want to have that conversation because it's embarrassing or, um, yeah, in, embarrassing. You're, you're ashamed. So this is like goes on about how the legacy of growing up with an alcoholic. Mm. So it's like behaviour you probably would have learned as a kid. Yeah. So did you still lie as a kid? Yeah, oh yeah. It was a very we kept it from um, like my mum's parents for years. They had no clue. Did they not? No. For how long was it? Well, 
I think my 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 gran only has only known the extent of everything over the past few years. Your mum's mum. My mum's mum, yeah. Yeah. And she's been a drinker since you were so like twenty years? Like twenty, twenty one years, yeah. And so she's only known for the past three years, mother? No, she's only known the the she's known the extent of it for maybe what, four four or five years. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that drink is really strong. <laughs> I'm drinking fizzy red wine. I don't know how I made this choice. Um, right. So how, yeah, so you must learn then as a kid, because I learned to lie very quickly from being a kid as well, not for alcoholics, but for other reason. Yeah. And it's kind of like you, um, you don't want to bother people. You're afraid of yeah. bothering people of like what it's going to bring back on you, isn't it? It's not even necessarily what it's going to bring back on you. It's more a point of not wanting to cause other people. Well, for me, anyway, not wanting to uh, cause other people, like, stress or bothering them with stuff. So, yeah, not because it's going to bring something back on me, because what can be worse than what's already happening? Like, if anything, you might think that if you tell more people about it, you're going to get more relief from it. It's more about protecting those people and at the same time protecting my mum mm. and not want people to think badly of her. I probably should have told my dad way sooner. Oh, because your parents had separated. Yeah, had separated. Yeah, 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 yeah. I probably should have told my dad like way, way sooner than what than than when he found out. And to be fair, I probably should have told my mum's parents way sooner because my life probably would have been a bit easier. Hmm. Had they have known the the extent of it, I think mm. that they knew some of it, but the, the extent of it, not so much. Mm. So that's what it means when it says, "But it would lie when it would be just as easy to tell the truth." Yeah, but this is you. But this is me sort of talking talking about what what I would do now when I'm an adult now. Yeah, when I was a child, it's. Do it also like? Did you ever lie, <laughs> like? Um, like because if your mum had to lie, if your mum lied about her drinking or like her behaviour or like going to work, acting like everything was normal, you know what I mean? That kind of daily lie where it's not like you should tell someone, but you're just lying about your day-to-day life. Do you know what I mean? No, sorry, I'm not following you. So like, instead of being like, um... Not like instead of lying, as in the sense of withholding what you're telling someone, mm-hmm. you're lying just in who you are. So, like, your mum was obviously like going to work, yeah, lying the whole time. She was completely oh, yeah, sober, yeah, yeah, yeah. she was like not an alcoholic, she was none of those things. So, it was like you saw that as a kid, as like, oh, so we lie in life well, to get along. Not just like I'm gonna tell, like not tell the truth. Yeah, possibly. As in, lying is like an active thing. Yeah, possibly. I think that's more of the point of what this doctor goes into in in that book. Yeah, Yeah. because it's a it's a behaviour that you learn. That lying is like an adult behaviour. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's okay. Like, oh, so my mum lies every day, so I could lie every day. I could say that I'm like a pro juggler, and it would be fine. But I mean, mean, that would be a really interesting thing to lie about, (laughs) but be a weird thing to lie about hey i've lied about weirder things but, but yeah that- it's not something that 
because I've got two two ways of thinking about this because like what's the thing again? Lie when it would be just as easy to tell the truth. Yeah, completely. Um so lie in terms of to to cover up for my mum and make it make it so that people aren't thinking bad about her. Mm. Or to not want to cause pain to other people by telling them what's actually going on. Yeah. Lying in terms of just to straight up lie. Yeah. Because I've learned I've learned and seen that as a child. No, because I don't like lying mm. because of what I've seen mm. with my mum over but the years. But did you do that as a kid? I don't know if I did that as a kid or I didn't. I couldn't. I, let's I let's couldn't, go back, Lisa. Let's. I couldn't <laughs> tell you if I easily lied as a child, mm. other than to try and cover up for my mum or to protect other people mm. about her alcoholism. Mm-hmm. I know I've lied about that. Yeah. Yes. In terms of other big things that I've lied about, mm. no, couldn't tell you. I definitely recognise that one because I grew up with parents who were very different. In they weren't alcoholics or addicts, but they were. Uh, their behaviour was completely different inside the house, to like behind closed doors, as it was in the public. So the public persona back then was like. We're really like affluent. We're really educated. They're really happy. They've got these like, two children behind closed doors. It was like fucking World War Five, you know, World War Z. Everyone was hating each other, screaming at each other. Yeah, I think. I think, but I think that can be said for most families. Do you think? I don't necessarily think it's. Um, I don't necessarily think that that these well, no, specific. I was, was going to say that thing about easy to tell the truth was. I learned very easy. Like early on, I used to be. Like, I used to have a problem with lying. I used mm. to, like, yeah, I used to, like, be a compulsive liar because I found it really easy to do because I watched my parents do it in front of me. Oh, right. Do you know, I like, see. they'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, this is going great or we've got this. And I'd see them do it. And then I'd go home and watch, like, my mum cry her eyes out and drink, like, a bottle of gin or whatever. Or I'd, like my dad would leave the house for three days and not come back because right so but then we'd go out and they'd be like happy families and we're all going on a family holiday and our family's Mm. still close and we've got this so i was like oh so i learned what lying was so i used to lie about all sorts of shit Mm. like 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 banal shit like juggling like for example (laughs) i did (laughs) that wasn't one of the things but that's i think that's like definitely there's like a couple of different versions of it in there that's one thing I... But again, it's that thing of, like, when you see people, and I think when you've got someone who's an alcoholic, you, you recognise, like, oh, okay, my mum lies in her day-to-day life, doesn't she? She lies about who oh, she yeah. is. Oh, yeah. So it, you, it's basically, like, learning to lie. So we're all liars. Or learning that you don't like it because yeah. you've seen so much of it. Yeah. So it could go either way. Yeah. But, like... With me, it definitely became a thing of, like, I didn't have a choice. Yeah. Until I was, like, really depressed and on oh, antidepressants. I mean, like, why do I have to lie all the time about who I am? Why? Just go to juggling school. I, I and don't... then you can tell the truth. I think at that point I'd already said I'd got my diploma in juggling. So, um... <laughs> probably printed out one and made a fake certificate. And, um, yeah, no, I don't do that anymore. I mean, but definitely that was something I used to do. So that's one. So maybe we should read one of these out every week. Yeah, I think we should. And then, um, yeah, discuss. But 
Yeah, discuss. And um, discuss with us as well. If you want to send in your versions of how you uh, have told lies, wouldn't it be just as easy to tell the truth? Yeah. Then we want to hear from you. Uh, just just get in touch if you've you know, ever had MD 2020, because we yes. really want to know about that. We need to know. And pictures. I need to see imagery of this drink and what it looks like and... Um, or if you've had really good experiences with Dr. Ma Mama and <laughs> Lou Lewis, then they, we want to know about that as well. Cause, yeah, because you know, we need to say something good about them so they don't sue us. Yes, because we're full of shit. Yep. So, um, and we also anyway, don't have any money. Oh, and that book is um, Adult Children of Alcoholics by Janet Jerginger. Oh my God, is that her middle name as well? Poor Janet. Janet, G- oh, fucking dyslexics. Janet Jerringer, voice tits. Whoa, tits! Whoa, tits! Get out the way! Titties! (laughs) Get out the way, tits! Right, and it's brilliant. We really like it. So, yeah. Or if you just want to listen to this every week and learn a new, uh, learn a new thing about from the work every week, maybe we'll read out. But um, yeah, so we're welcoming in every week. We're going to read some stories. Maybe a story from uh, someone who submitted uh, someone. Are we going to have like a? Hopefully, there's someone. (laughs) <laughs> I'll be like my mum what the fuck have you said about me when did you ever lie we were a perfect family <laughs> your father never left for three days it was business and <laughs> <laughs> uh, you never made gin and tonics don't lie I never drunk drive when you were seven <laughs> oh god So if you want to share your stories with us or reply to anything that we've talked about in this episode, then email us at podcastunscrewed at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at unscrewedpod. Or find us on Instagram at podcastunscrewed. 